Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. My Robert Lombard's back, and I'm right away, go. We invaded airwaves. Why them haters mad? Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend because we're live on the airways right now and. Boy, oh boy, do we have a show to get to tonight. Uh, later on, around the 8.45 mark, I got my man Prince Mark in studio. We're going to talk about his music and all that good stuff. And we also got some stories lined up for our Trip Talk segment, which include Michael B. Jordan, Lauren Hill, and a little bit more. But before we get to all of that, man, y'all already know I got some stuff to get off my chest. And this one's going to be a heavy one for real. So with that being said, it's time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Now, I, I'm, I'm just going to jump straight into it. You guys already know what I'm going to talk about, man. We got to talk about this epic trade that happened in the NBA this past, what was it, Wednesday, I believe. And I'm talking about the trade that sent Kawhi Leonard, one of the top five players in the league, when healthy, wink, wink, to the Toronto Raptors for DeMar DeRozan. Now, when this was made official... A lot of people were very divided. This was probably one of the most polarizing trades I've personally ever seen, all right? You had a lot of people who were for this trade. You had a lot of people who were against this trade. In fact, I was actually watching Timmonson on Sportsnet yesterday, and they actually did a poll on where fans stand, in Toronto at least, with the Kawhi-Demar trade. And literally 50% of the people who voted said yes, they're in favor of it, while the remaining 50% said no, they're not in favor of it. And then they redid the poll an hour later, and it was 51-49 in favor of uh, Kawhi coming to Toronto. So... There's just it, there's a lot of there's a lot of division to say the least. It's a very polarizing decision, and I remember when we were on the air last week, I was kind of giving my hypothetical scenario if I were the GM, if I were the one to make the move or to pull the trigger on Kawhi coming to Toronto, whether I would trade Demar or Kyle. And I always I obviously told you guys it would rather be Kyle because I'd rather have two stars in their primes playing alongside one another. But now this is the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is that DeMar DeRozan is no longer a Toronto Raptor, and instead it's Kawhi. Now, me personally, when I heard the news, when I first heard the news, I'll be honest, I wasn't thrilled about it. I was not thrilled about it at all. Not because of the fact that, you know, we're, we're getting Kawhi Leonard, the top five former MVP candidate, former finals MVP uh, recipient, but because of the fact that we don't know if we are getting the NBA Finals MVP award recipient, the the top five player, because of this whole quadricep injury that he's gone through for the last year or so. The man sat out in San Antonio when he could have been called back to play a few games back in March. But again, we don't know what Kawhi we're getting, so that's why it unsettles me. On top of that, we're finally now in the Eastern Conference that does not have LeBron James in it anymore, a.k.a. Raptors Kryptonite, a.k.a. the Boogeyman. So you would think that now that he's out of the conference, the Raptors have a much better chance of getting further ahead in the Eastern Conference and with an addition of another star-worthy player or someone who can put up buckets, let's see how this team can now do. Now, if, there were, if this were a scenario of... 
DeMar being traded for Kawhi, while the Eastern Conference still has LeBron James, then I say, okay, you know what? You got to pull the trigger. It, it's bittersweet, but it has to be done if we want to get past LeBron somehow, some way. But now that LeBron's out here and now you're trading away DeMar for a Kawhi Leonard who we don't even know is healthy and who we don't know if he's going to stay or not, it kind of it, – it's very unsettling to me. Now, what I've been noticing as far as, you know, the chit-chatter around this trade is that there have been a lot of people who I've heard personally – I'm keeping receipts <clears> – <throat> people who have – degraded and denamed, defamed DeMar DeRozan saying, oh, he's not good enough. He can't shoot threes. All he has is the mid-range. He can't play defense. He's not going to get us to a title, etc., etc. I've heard it all. But then, boom, this trade happens, and those people are doing a complete 180 and say, no, why'd you trade DeMar? That's our guy. He was the only man that was loyal to the team. Why'd you trade him? This trade sucks. Hold on, 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 hold on. You can't diss the man for X amount of years and then cry, woe is me, we're going to miss DeMar. This is a travesty. There's no loyalty in the league. No, you don't get to sing the same tune. No. Have the same energy, ladies and gentlemen, all right? If you hated DeMar when he came in the door, you hate DeMar when he walks out the door. I will at least give you credit for that. But I want some consistency, damn it. Now, I, for one, am probably one of 10 or 11 black people who actually liked DeMar DeRozan from the moment he came in up until the moment he came out. So for me, this kind of hurts on an emotional level. On a business level, I get it. I understand. You know, GMs, presidents, they have to make, the, make these decisions for the betterment of the team. And this is where I want to get into right now. You know, loyalty is a war that's been thrown around in the NBA in particular in recent years. Ever since the cap went up, a lot of players have been expressing, you know, player movement and going about as they please. And a lot of what we've been seeing in recent years is the fact that when a free agent makes a move on his own accord to, to better his own future, a lot of people will malign him for that. Most recently, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, when he decided to go to the Warriors for a massive pay cut. But we know the context as to why he, he did that because no other team wanted him. And because Golden State was willing to take a chance on them for only the veteran minimum. So they got him on a discount. And either way, if he leaves and he has a good season with the Warriors, he can still get that 35 to $40 million a year that he's commanding on a regular basis. So that's one thing. But then when, another, but then when you have an executive who trades away one of their players and does it up without you know, the, the consent of that player, then it's, oh, it was a team decision. It was better for the team and everything. So I don't want to hear this talk about loyalty or anything like that because when it comes to loyalty, loyalty and sports do not go hand in hand. We've seen that in many years. Look at Isaiah Thomas. The man played till he had nothing left. He had a busted hip and his sister died in a, in a tragic car accident, and he still got traded. Mind you, it was for the betterment of the team as we now see but at what cost now? You know what I mean? And now we're talking about loyalty. That shouldn't be a word that should be used freely at this point because we've seen that now. So I understand the GM, the president of the team, they have to do what they have to do in order to better the team. But let's not celebrate that but then malign a player when he decides that he wants to leave for greener pastures or what he may believe to be greener pastures. If you're a free agent, you have the right to do as you please. That's why when LeBron left to the Lakers this year, or this summer rather, I didn't care. I'm like, yo, you've done all you could for that city. 
You were there for four years in a row. You brought them one title. You brought them to four straight NBA finals, and you made them relevant. Like, the city of Cleveland is never relevant unless LeBron is attached to it. So he did all he could. He had every right to go to whatever team he wanted, even if that means the Lakers, which I sincerely hate with all my core. But that's besides the point. He had the right to go. So anyone who wants to criticize him or burn his jersey as as what the kids are doing nowadays, like, you're a jerk. You're an asshole, all right? So at the end of it, kind of bring it all full circle. I am, you know, saddened that DeMar is going, and I feel like this guy kind of got a bad rap, no pun intended, you know, for some of his deficiencies, but no player is perfect at the end of the day. Um, This guy, he is one of the top 10, 15 scorers in the league. This guy, he's one of the best players at getting to the the free throw line, at finishing at the rim. He has some of the best footwork that I've seen in a long time. Even Kevin Durant was talking about it. The man can post up with, like, any player in the post, you know, undersized or oversized. Has a sweet fadeaway jumper. Is now starting to hit the three. And now has become a better playmaker. And I believe that under Coach Popovich, he'll be that much better. Like, this is a player who has gotten better, progressively better every year. And I don't see that stopping under Greg Popovich. So, I wish him the best. And I hope to God... I swear, I'm not even trying to boost when I say this, but I hope when he comes back to Toronto to play against the Raptors, please believe, I pray that he scores 50 on us. I hope he does. I'm sorry. I hope he does. I really do. As for Kawhi, it's in his best interest to ball out because whether he stays or goes after next summer, there's money on the table right now. Like You cannot risk losing that money by sitting out or doing whatever diva stuff that you were doing with San Antonio before. That shit's not going to fly in Toronto. I'm letting him know right now. So this guy better ball out. That's all I'm saying. So for now, I'm not happy about it. Once I see the results, I might change the tune. But for now, I'm kind of a little uncomfortable with it because I don't know where his health is right now. And chances are this guy's going to leave and go to L.A. So I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Do you guys feel good about this trade? Are you happy? Are you excited? Are you ecstatic? Either way, let me know. Hit me up with your thoughts in the comment section uh, whenever I post this on YouTube and SoundCloud and all that good stuff. And we will talk a little bit more about this later in regards to Masai Ujiri because he did have his press conference. And he did say some interesting things, and I'm going to get some sound bites and all that good stuff. But with that being said, we're going to go to our first commercial break of the evening. And when we come back, I will have my guest in studio. He goes by the name of Prince Mark. We're going to talk about his music, his clothing line, all that good stuff. So keep it locked. Uh, the song I'm going to go into right now, man, based on the way that DeMar DeRozan is feeling as far as loyalty and distrust is concerned, I think we should get into the dumpy freestyle from Drake because Drake talks a lot about disloyalty and and, and, and not being trustworthy and what have you in that record. I think that's a perfect record to kind of explain how DeMar is feeling right now. So we're going to get into that right now and we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Now, as promised, I do have my guest of the evening. Now, this man right here is a young recording artist, and he is coming up in the Toronto music scene. As well, he is a fashion designer. He has his own clothing line to go along with his music. And I've always been saying for the longest time, whenever you are a recording artist, it is very crucial to have multiple hats. Whether it's your music, a fashion line, if you're investing into another product, Either way, you got to almost treat yourself like a business, and I feel like this young man knows the ins and outs of entrepreneurism at a very young age, and I feel like it's only going to grow and get better from here. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about my man, 
who is of royalty apparently because he goes by the name of Prince Mark Wakanda Forever. Uh, what's going on, man? How Wakanda you doing? Wakanda Forever, what's up, bro? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Eh? No, for sure. Yeah, I know you and your team are very busy. You were just telling me that you were in the uh, recording studio earlier today, so I like yeah. that. I like to hear about that, man. So let's get started, man. I want to know, you know, how you got started in music. What made you decide to pick up a microphone? Microphone. The- the most influential person was Lil Wayne. Okay. I don't know okay. what it was. I don't know what happened, but I always liked music. I love blues mu- music. Yeah. But I just couldn't I couldn't find myself to get an instrument going or nothing. Right. So I just thought, you know, let me just kind of write what I got and it just came out of rap. Right. So right. it just it just moved to that. Right. So you say Lil Wayne, uh what's the what's the Lil Wayne song that just kind of got you immediately hooked? A Millie. A Millie. For okay. Sure. Okay, okay. That was crazy. Question for you, actually. How old were you when you first heard of Millie? Oh, man. Nine? Nine, okay. Okay, I feel old right now. All right. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. No, I was just curious because, like, I feel like um, a lot of the rappers who are coming out nowadays who are in their early 20s, they looked up to guys who are very prominent in, like, the mid or late 2000s. So I come across guys who grew up on Lil Wayne, like, when he was at his peak. Mm. I came up with uh, – I. I I get introduced to guys who came up on Lupe Fiasco when he put out, you know, Food and Liquor in the Cool around that time in the, yeah, yeah. In the mid to late 2000s. So I just find it very interesting, very intriguing, because it just lets you know that hip-hop as a genre and as a culture is evolving. You see, like, the new generation coming up. Yeah. So it, it's a good look overall. It, it's kind of it's encouraging that, you know, you have, like, a lot of, a lot of young artists who are coming nowadays. Like, they kind of listen to the music that myself and, like, others were kind of, like, already, like, just... Sh- coming out of our adolescence at that at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a good look either way. Um, so, yeah, you came up on Lil Wayne and, and everything like that. Now, coming up in the hip-hop scene in Toronto, for you personally, what was that like? Um, you know, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't like lyrical shit right now. Right. Lyrical stuff right now. So, right, you know, right. I, it's, it's, it's kind of you want to transition into something, yeah. but you don't want to. You can say it. shit, by the way. It's oh, okay. I can? Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too much lyrical shit. So, I, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I got to transition or what, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's still. It's good. Well, I always say like it's always important for artists to stay true to themselves. So if they right. are, you know, if they are, if they do fancy fancy themselves as a lyricist, then <laughs> then they go hard, go ham. Why not, right? Because mm. I feel like now is the best time for young artists to come up in this generation because we're in the streaming generation now, and not even just the streaming generation, but the the digital generation basically. So everyone has their personal preference as to what they like. So if you like mumble rap, then you have the mumble rap, you can go into this corner. If you like the lyrical stuff, then you can go into this corner. You have your lyrical guys. Like you have guys like like uh, Logic, like Big Crit and, and, and everything in between who are very lyrical, but also have a very strong fan base as well, like J. Cole as well. Like Probably huge one. yeah huge, huge fan base huge yeah. fan base right and there's so many different reasons as to why they do so i feel like now more than ever you can be what you want to be mm-hmm. and still have success if you look at tech nine he's probably one of the most if not the most successful independent artists that we've ever seen in hip-hop mm-hmm. and he's still relevant to this day like this guy's out doing make a wish foundation campaigns yeah, and stuff yeah. like that like i never knew people knew him like that yeah so that's just crazy to me so just let you know you can do anything you still make money and like at the end of the day like you're gonna you're still gonna have your shine you're gonna have your cult following exactly. you're gonna have your cult following exactly so, so i don't think there's anything to worry about that in that regard um <laughs> speaking of which speaking of like the different like genres and subgenres, or whatever you uh mumble rap is probably like the most popular of the one. It's basically the antithesis of, of like what your style is. I would say yeah. like the opposite. So like, what's your take on these guys who are coming out? Like, 
like little I think it was a, it was a little little pump and like uh and like uh 21 Savage and all this it's like what's your take on the popularity of it right now do you see it as a trend or do you see this as something staying around for a while I see it something that's staying around for a while because it's just dumb. It's just their music, you know? Right. You can't hate on someone for what kind of style they do or what kind of music they do. Some people just do turn up music. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I like it. Right. It's different. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, I feel like with like a lot of these artists who are kind of in that genre, what have you, like whether it's like the mumble rap or I'm on lean rap or whatever you want to call it, basically, do you feel like with like the recent tragedies of like, let's say, Triple X Tentacion and then Lil Peep and like all these other guys who either died of it because of like drug overdoses or even gun violence like do you think there's consequences to that type of music as well yeah for sure mm-hmm. um the consequences obviously are just come reality you know whatever you say into the mic usually kind of reflects on what's going on outside you know right and, right uh I, yeah it's, it's 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 sad it's hard but mm-hmm. sometimes people are just speaking the truth and it just kind of reflects back and it becomes more reality you know right it's right just, it's crazy <clears throat> now, I remember on J. Cole's album, I think it was a record 1985 where he kind of, I guess, called out uh, Lil Pump because Lil Pump kind of dissed him on a record. Like, I don't even know what record Lil Pump dissed him on because I didn't even know about this guy until people were talking about the story. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because J. Cole actually had a sit down with Lil Pump afterwards. Yeah. Now, I didn't watch the sit down, I didn't watch all of it at least, but I just found it interesting that two guys who called each other on a record came and had tea essentially yeah yeah um do you do you, like what, what do you make of like the older generation kind of almost putting their arm around the younger generation in, in their own form of fashion like j cole did like do you think that's necessary or do you think the two sides so to speak should just kind of keep their way separate um i think the older generation is looking at the newer generation as we're getting too out of hand mm-hmm. so they're trying to kind of cradle us back into a different lane right but i mean no one really had them to kind of cradle them and they just still turned out great right you know so maybe you just kind of need to leave it right you know just let people do their thing until they come right fair enough or at least until someone says your name and then you might have to say something exactly which is fine you know what i mean yeah. um other than that man let's talk about uh your your other hustle which is your clothing line so like i mentioned at the uh at the beginning of the show like it's important for artists nowadays to have multiple hustles, to have multiple hats and what have you, because, you know, sometimes as an artist, you almost have to treat yourself as a brand in that regard. Yeah. Um, so how did a hundred K collection come about? Um, it came after I made a song called a hundred K. Okay. And it was just, it was by accident. I had to find a name for like a clothing line and it right. just sounded nice, you know? Right. Right. And so it was just a hundred K collection. Then I, I am vintage. Is the name of the whole thing, right. but the collection is a hundred K collection. Okay, okay, yeah. so you keep it in one hundred with it. Everything, you know. <laughs> All right, that's what's up. Um, between your your music and your clothing line, like, what do you feel kind of gives you most of your creative expression? Like, how do you express yourself mainly? Like, is it is it through the music or is it through the clothing line? It's the music. Mm-hmm. The music, you could say anything. You right. know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. The, the clothing line, you can't you can't do too much with. You know, you got to make it kind of. Like straight to the point, almost. like you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But with music, you go all over the place. You could have projects of just one subject. You know R- what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of projects, actually, tell us about logos. That's your that's your uh, newest project that's coming out very soon, or is it or is it out right now? No, it's coming out August fifteenth. August fifteenth. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, t- tell us about the uh, the direction with that one. Logos is uh, a soft EP. You know, just like a kind of sit back, smoke, right, chill right. kind of one. You know, not. Not too crazy, but just straight, just how I feel, mm-hmm. and just chill. Right. You know, I, I want to make a chill EP, a chill one. Right. Is this your first project, or is this uh, 
This is this is this is really my first project. Okay, you know what I mean the 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 first one was <laughs> yeah. a long time ago. You know, you don't really right, right. You're yeah. just kind of playing around, experimenting, yeah. see what you can do. Yeah, you don't but, really care. Yeah, but now you you feel confident about like what you can offer, like what your image is about, what your yeah. story is about. For sure. And this kind of like everyone's introduction to who you are. For sure. Yeah. Right. So is that chill vibe? Is that you? Is that you as a rapper all the time? Is that like your type of sound, so to speak? Yeah, it, it recently became my sound because it recently became me. Like I got more chill. Right. You know what I mean? And I just. Becoming more chill, you just want to make more chill music that you could smoke with and chill with and yeah. everything. So that that's really what it came about with, you know. I kind of stopped all that rah rah shit. Right, right. <laughs> sometimes the rah rah shit can kind of get you in trouble. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, and tell us about um, the uh, the video that you did for one of your records called Disney. What what was the uh, direction behind that one? Disney was just I just wanted people to really listen to the lyrics, mm -hmm. but I still wanted some visuals that they could look at, you know. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to do like a quick kind of video, right? But still like, you know, so they could look at, listen, and be like, oh, this 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 is for real, right? Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's what's up, man. That's yeah. what's up. All right, man. So you know what we're gonna do around here. Um, we're going to play a couple games, all right? Because all right. over here at Cool Radio, we like to play some games with the guests, let the audience know, know at home like what kind of personality we're dealing with and all that good stuff. So right. I got two games, right? I got two games. So the first one, this one is called Cool or Uncool, and all it right. goes a little something like this. Yeah. All right. So in this game right here, man, we're playing a record from a group called Diggable Plans. This came out way back in 95, so it's called Cool Like That. So you mm -hmm. know, figure a guy using on Cool Radio, what have you, of right? <laughs> so in this game, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you some scenarios. And simply put, you're going to let me know if they're cool or they're uncool. Does that sound cool to you? That's cool. All right, let's get it. So with the first scenario on deck, it goes a little something like this. Summer of 2018 thus far. Cool or uncool? Uncool. uncool. Oh, okay. Interesting. Why you say that? Why you say that? Too much violence. Fair. You know what? That's fair. That That is very fair. You know what? It's funny you mentioned that because I haven't seen a violent summer in Toronto like this since 2005. Yeah. That's the last time I remember it being this violent because I kept on hearing about shootings and beatings and stuff like that. So I'm not sure what's happening right now, but... Somebody needs to chill, basically. Absolutely. Right. Um, Netflix, cool or uncool? Cool. All right. Do you have a go-to right now as far as like TV shows on Netflix or even movies? Uh, movies, Suicide Squad all the time, but shows, Bob's Burger. Oh, okay, Bob's Burger? Laugh so much, man. You know, it's funny you say Suicide Squad because I watched that uh, yesterday, actually. It was my first time watching it in like two years because I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. And I was like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, it's yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, I felt like it could have been a lot better because yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen... Um, the animated feature called Arkham Asylum. No. Oh, wait, yeah, I did. That one is wicked. Yeah, I yeah. I thought they were going to base it off of that. Yeah. But then it turned out to be what it was. It was like, eh, it's all right. It's all right. I feeling it, though. I wasn't really feeling it that much. I wanted to. Yeah. But I was like, eh, like, it had the potential. It had the potential. It did some good, some things good. Mm -hmm. But other things, I'm just like, nah, y'all kind of dropped the ball on it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Are you a Marvel or a DC guy, by the way? Like, how do you oh, feel? Marvel. You're a Marvel? Okay. Marvel. Okay, so how do you feel about... Did you watch the, the latest season of Luke Cage? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so Luke Cage, cool or uncool? Cool. Okay, word, word. All right, that's the side. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, all right. Uh, someone else taking the last slice of pizza, cool or uncool? Uncool. Uncool, okay, I, I dig that. Um, Fortnite, cool or uncool? I never played it. Fair enough, I haven't played it either. <laughs> Yo, but I, I know, know. I, everyone's up on it right now. I don't know now. what the hype is, bro. I, I know, know. it's just... 
I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, look, I, I just see some people with their little create a player mode stuff. Yeah. Where I'm like, you know, hey, if that's your jam, cool. All Do right, your thing, man. I ain't knocking it. Um, super, superhero movies in general, cool or uncool? Cool. All right. Um, this is gonna be an obvious question. What would you think about Black Panther? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing, cool. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. I'm, did you actually? Did you see Infinity War? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Spoiler alert, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, who do you think comes back in that movie then? In the next one? Yeah. Oh. Like, do you think all the people who died within the snap come back to life? I do. I I, I think they're gonna wait for like the the final battle, you know, type thing. So right. everyone just gets like a big wave of anxiety and right. anxious in the theater, you know. Right, right, so right. I think that's what they're finna do. For sure, man. Because I'm just like I'm watching the movie. He does a snap talking about you should have gone for the head and mm. snaps. I'm like, oh. Okay, what happened? What happened? Why, why is it quiet right now? You hear wind blowing. Everyone's going. I know. <laughs> I'm just like, Bucky's gone. He's like, hey, Steve. And he just fades away. I'm like, oh, Everyone's that's not left, good. Yeah. That, that's not good. And then you see like half the Jabari try to fade away. I'm like, oh, oh, don't kill him, Baku. Don't kill him, Baku. But he survives. Okay, okay, cool. You see Okoye on the ground and then T'Challa reaches for him, but then he fades too. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not lying. In the theater, I'm like, no. Do it. No. <laughs> I, I, that's like, I, like, I had to do this real quick Oh shit <laughs> That's not <a> lot. <laughs> Oh man But nah I loved it though I love the suspense Yeah that was great uh, uh, Let's see here Carabana Cool or uncool Cool I just don't even go though Right right Fair enough Like I've had, I've gone so many years And like I feel like Once you've done it a few times Then you already know what it's about Yeah you too um, And let's see here Ooh mm. The new Mario Kart Go-karting track In Niagara Falls Cool or uncool I never looked at it. Anything Mario's cool to me, man. That's, okay. that's childhood. That's you know? what's up. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. So we have a second game to play now. This one is a personal favorite of mine. It is a mainstay on the network. And this one is entitled I'd Quit the mm. Game. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. Now, I want to preface that in this alternate universe, keyword being alternate, you are the eligible bachelor. All right? All right. So you are wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. Cool. But there comes a point in every man's and woman's life where they got to quit the game, they got to settle down, have the kids in the white home with the white picket fence, <laughs> with the apple pie cooling on the windowsill, the tire swing, the Spud McKenzie looking dog, all that good stuff. Yeah. If you had to quit the game for one of these two ladies that I've handpicked, who would you quit the game for? Theoretically, of course. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Would you quit the game for Megan Good? Or would you quit the game for Tessa Thompson? Megan Good. Really? Megan Good. Okay. Is, is, there, is there a reason as to why? I'm curious. She was my like celebrity crush in Stomp the Yard, bro. Okay. She, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. It is, bro. That's yeah, what's that's up. It. I don't even know. I remember her in uh, Jet Jackson. I'm not sure if, if you remember that show. That was, from, yeah. uh, that was on the Disney Channel way back in the day. But yeah, and I remember her on that. That's how she kind of got her start. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. That's a bad looking woman right there. Still, like she's hey, she, she's pretty. I mean, I'm not really keen on her acting, but she she cute. <laughs> she cute. <laughs> All right, no worries, man. Either way, ladies and gents, cool cats and cool kittens. I still got my man Prince Mark in studio. When we come back, man, we gotta talk about a whole bunch of things. We're gonna talk Lauren Hill. We're gonna talk Michael B. Jordan, and we're gonna talk about Masai Ujiri in regards to the Demar trade and the statements that were made during then but for now we're gonna go into my man's track right here which is entitled disney so keep it locked this is cool radio we'll be right back after these messages yeah cool. uh, yes yes y'all welcome back to the show once again it is your man dm cool and this is cool radio and i still got my man recording artist prince mark in the building 
Yes, sir. Uh-huh. And you guys already know what time of the show it is right now, man. So we're going to get into Trip Talk, all right? So three of the hot topics that took over pop culture, music, sports, all that good stuff. So keeping in the theme with um, the Toronto Raptors and the epic trade that went down this past week, yeah. we're going to talk about Masai Ujiri in particular. So for those of you who aren't that aware of it, Masai Ujiri is the team president of the Toronto Raptors. He's kind of one. He's kind of the one who has the final say in what trades go down, who they sign, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So Masai Ujiri has taken over this team for about five, maybe six years now at this point, and he's done a lot of good things to put them on the trajectory that they're on right now. Mm-hmm. And basically, he made a power play that may break, make or break this team, depending on how things go. Mm. So. He had a press conference in regards to talking about the trade. And normally during these press conferences, you introduce the main guy that you brought in on the team. But in this conference, I found it very interesting because he decided to talk mostly about DeMar Mm -hmm. and the situation and, like, how apologetic he was for how it kind of went down and what have you. Yeah. And just kind of answering general questions in regards to that. Yeah. Um, So he opened up with an apology in regards to DeMar DeRozan. Uh, But then we also saw him kind of going into somewhat of the particulars. He said how... Uh, there may have been some things that may have been miscommunicated between him and DeRozan during that little powwow session. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as he went along, you know, answering questions from the press and the media, uh, they all, he also talked about the status of the team and how they've been, uh, trage- uh, how they've been kind of going in a certain direction for the last few years, saying how you can't keep on doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Mm. Um, and he even said at one point in time, and I'm paraphrasing when I say this, but he basically said, I hate to get defensive, but I've given uh, players and coaches on the team the opportunity to get better, and we've still done the same thing. We're still, we still are where we are. I could have decided to you know, trade away or not sign a few guys years ago, but I mm. still stuck to this core. Mm. So while he was apologetic with what he was saying, he was also – Somewhat defiant in yeah. you know in the criticism, yeah, yeah. and you know as a human I get it I understand, uh, and what's also you know what's also important to note is that if you're if you're not really familiar with the story, um, Demar Derozan when he got traded he basically had a big spiel on social media talking about there's no loyalty in this game you give them everything and yeah, you I saw get that. back a little bit of nothing essentially. Yeah. So and what's also interesting to note as well is after that press conference was done, maybe minutes after it was done, Demar Derozan went on. Uh, IG once again, and all he posted on his story was the uh, the shaking my head meme, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so absorbing all of that content, um, yeah. Prince, what's your take on this? Basketball's a business, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's not run by the players, mm-hmm. you know, and the players are the ones with the talent. Mm-hmm. But it's just all a business. Mm-hmm. So when they make that trade, and you know, they're talking about we're not going to trade you, but then they trade them. Right. That's that's, you know, that's. That's disloyalty for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, business. <coughs> yeah. Basketball is just straight business to me, you know? Right, right. That's how I feel. Right. And you know what? It's it's a double-edged sword because, like you said, on the one end, it is very disloyal to lie to somebody in their face when you said that's not how it's going to go down, but then it just exactly. it does go down. Bullshit. But on the flip side, it is a business. You sign a contract, and that contract doesn't mean that you're staying on a team. It just means you're employed by the NBA. Yeah. The minute you get traded, it's now the other team who inherits that contract, and then they play it out for the next two or three years, whatever the case may be. Yeah. <coughs> um. I do feel bad for DeMar and the human element, especially from a fan side, if I am to speak from a fan perspective for, for a moment, mm-hmm. because he's the first star, well, besides Kyle Lowry, I should say, but he's the first star that this team has had that actually wanted to stay in Toronto. Because this team, throughout its 24-year history, we've had a lot of either 
very talented players, a lot of up-and-comers, exactly, who have come and gone. Damon Stoudemire, he wanted to dip. Uh, Tracy McGrady, he wanted to be his own star. Yeah. Vince Carter, he wanted to trade out of the out, off the team, not because of the city, but more so because of how the team was running stuff, and he wasn't down with it. Yeah. Chris Bosh left because he saw the better opportunity to partner with LeBron James yeah, and Chris Bosh. And then we finally get guys like Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, who we kind of grew and cultivated in a sense. They became stars, and they decided to stay. So we've never had that before. Mm-hmm. We're basically the woman who gets dumped time and time and time again, and because of that... We have built up trust issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we're always wondering in the back of our minds, is he going to go? He's going to go with me. Yeah, 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 no, yeah he's going to yeah. go. He's going to go. I would just say F him right now. But then they end up saying, like, oh, shoot, he stayed. He likes you. He really, really yeah, likes yeah, you. Yeah, whatever, yeah. Right? And we hyped him up. And we finally had it. But then they got kind of taken away now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I get it. Like, it, it really sucks because, like, we had maybe not something great, but we actually had someone who actually worked on his game, got progressively better, mm-hmm. was never projected to be a top 10 talent, whatever, but just put in that work basically you know Thanks. what i mean and now we're getting somebody in return who may or may not want to stay we don't know what his status is like yeah when he first when when, when this first broke out i kind of made a joke on twitter breaking it down as to why a lot of people are unhappy so i i said it like this <laughs> what you say? i said it like this i was like Kawhi leonard the eligible bachelor who gives no f's about feelings yeah, yeah. and then toronto the side chick who thinks she has a chance at changing his life around, basically, yeah. and making him think that she's the one. And then L.A., the real girl that he really wants to quit the game for what it's all said and done. Yeah. So we are kind of like, we're basically we're basically the side chick of Kawhi Leonard, right? Okay. We are Kiki right now. <laughs> like, we got to ask him, do you love me? Are you riding? You know what I mean? We don't know if he is. We don't know. <laughs> but, you know, kind of going back to uh, to uh, Masai Ujiri, the, the team president. Yeah. I think he handled himself well. He did look a little distraught, a little shaken up, but I do understand where he's coming from. There's a lot of pressure on him right now for him to succeed because last year the team did extremely well, you know, as far as the regular season goes. But yet again, LeBron James was, you know, the the gatekeeper who said, no, you will not pass. Always. Always, right? Always. Yeah, for the last three years, he's been their boogeyman. Facts. Um, and he had to make a move. He had to make a move. Like, move, like firing the coach wasn't enough. He had to make a shakeup. I get it. I hate that it had to be Demar, mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, it's what's done is done. Now he said his piece. He issued an apology to, to Demar the best way he could, mm-hmm. um, and then he kind of stuck up for himself in the sense where he said, "Like, listen, guys, we've been doing the same thing over and over again. We've had the same core for like four or five years now. Yeah. We haven't gotten the results. Yes, I get it. LeBron James is LeBron James. Yeah. Nothing you can do about it." But at the same time, when you get swept two years in a row by LeBron, especially this year where you were the top seed in the East, second best record in the league overall, and you get swept by LeBron. Meanwhile, other teams that they played on route to the finals took them to seven games. Yeah. Then it's like, you know something had to get. Yeah, you know what it is. Yeah. Like, if, if they got beaten by the Cavs in seven games, mm-hmm. I think the team would still be intact to a certain extent. I don't, yeah, think, I, think so I don't think DeMar would be shipped out. I don't even know Casey would even be fired at that point. Yeah, fact. Because at least you show that you tried. You know what fact, I mean? Fact. It's LeBron James. But because he got swept, and that final, I don't know if you ever watched that final I game. I saw that. Okay. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, that, that, was that was the Widowmaker right that there. That was crazy. When you're getting blown up by like 25 points in like a do or die situation. That was ridiculous. Hell yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah. go out like that and expect everyone to, to return. Nah, there's going to be repercussions, man. Yeah, so, facts, facts. It is what it is, man. Like, I really wish DeMar the best. And again, mm-hmm. I hope he drops 50 on us. He deserves his revenge. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I hope he does get revenge on us, man. We didn't have to do him like that. Exactly. We really didn't, man. But either way, it is what it is. But what do you guys think? Do you guys think Masai said what he said uh, and was very genuine about it? Or do you think what he said could have been said a bit better? Do you think he was a little too defiant with the statements later on? What's your take on it? Either way, hit me up when this guy when, when this gets posted up on SoundCloud, YouTube, and all that good stuff. Or just hit me up right now on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Now... Let's get into the second topic. This one I really want to get into, actually. I, I'm up? ready for this one. What's up? We got to talk about my man Killmonger, man. We got to talk about Michael B. Jordan, What's all up? right? So, basically, Michael B. Jordan has been getting a lot of flack for the last few months ever since Black Panther came out because a lot of pictures have been surfaced uh, on the net in regards to him and who he's allegedly dating. So... On one picture, he was seen with a, I think, a, a Latino woman who, from Cuba. And then most recently, we saw him in a, in a picture of him in a boat with him and his friends. But there's also a few white women in there as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of women in particular, all black women specifically, were angry at the fact that he was seen with yet another woman who was not of the same color and complexion as him. Mm-hmm. So he went on to comment about it. I think it was in a live chat on Instagram or something like that. And basically he was commenting about how he was taking a vacation in Italy mm-hmm. and just kind of making the joke that there's no black women in Italy, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the mass majority of people in Italy are, are going to be white, of course. right? Yeah. And then he also went on to say that the women who were with him were friends of his one of his associates who was in the boat with him it's as already well. Already explained, right? Exactly, and he just wanted to say that, like, listen, like I like all flavors. I, I like black. I like white. I like this, that, and the third, and what have you. Yeah. So that's just that's just another thing that he's always, he's been having to address as of recent, and I find it interesting that he never had to address these things before his mm-hmm. popularity with Black Panther or even with Creed for that matter, because yeah. no one was really checking for him like that. Facts. But anyways, I'm gonna get into that spiel in a moment. But first, Facts. I want to know how you feel about it. It's like, what's your take on that? I honestly feel like uh, um, when a black man takes a picture with like a white woman, it's like put in the right. dust like right away you right, know right. but it's just like like to me that that stuff's like corny you know like it's right. just it's just so minimal to me it's just like yeah. if the person's a lover <coughs> whatever who he's chilling with it doesn't matter exactly and and i agree with that and like i'll even put that same context into women as well like black women like exactly. a black woman can go out and date whomever she wants she has the autonomy to do so Fact. what i don't like is the fact that when it comes to this whole you know thing about who we can't who we can and who we can't date there's always this you know this this uh double standard and i'm not going to say all black women because it's not fair to say that but there are some 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 i'm just saying some not all some cuz i i want people to understand exactly what i'm saying I don't want people to be like, no, you're you're saying all no 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 some some but there are some black women out there who feel as though when, especially when it comes to a celebrity, I'll say in, in in the matter of a celebrity that if they see a black celebrity dating someone outside of the community, or even someone who's light skinned but still in the black community, there's an issue with that, and I don't think that's right, especially when in the same breath you are also celebrating, let's say, a black woman who dates outside the community as well. And me, I'm a proponent of calling a spade a spade. You know what I mean? So have the same energy as, as what mm. people are saying nowadays. If you're gonna get what mad, black woman was is with the white man? I'm oh. sorry. Oh yeah, Serena. Yeah, there, 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 there's a there's a bunch, but I'm just saying, just for example. Yeah. So like, if you're gonna say I don't want Michael B. Jordan dating a woman outside our community, yeah, then yeah, I would yeah. expect you to say I don't want Serena Williams to be dating a man outside our community as well, because it's the exact same thing. There's no difference behind it. I I totally agree with that. Yeah. Still, I would say I I would understand if they feel slighted if that person in particular 
you know, whether it be man or black man or black woman, if they said something disparaging about the community, like, oh, black women ain't this, whatever. Like, if they said something like that, then you mm-hmm. please roast. You, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. The full. You have, you have all exactly, right exactly. To go off I agree. Point. You won't, you won't get any disagreements from me at that point. But if the man's just chilling, or yeah, like, if he's chilling, he, that's his feeling. If he loves like, a woman, then why not? Why are you going? Yeah, in? I don't understand. Yeah, and I, I, I just don't like the double standard behind it. I don't like the fact that, you know, like let's say it was Serena Williams, for example, which mm-hmm. first and foremost, I have no problem with her, with whom she dates or what have At you. Um, I just found that like a lot of black women, the black women who, who, tend, to, who tend to criticize black, black male celebrities for dating outside the community, I happen to find that they're the exact same ones who were celebrating, you know, Serena um, so, yeah. dating outside the community. Same with Eve, yeah. same with Zoe Zaldana. Same with you know a few other a few others as well. But yeah. like if you're the same person preaching about black love, black love, then why are you giving the black women who go outside of that realm the pass, mm-hmm. but then the black men who do who don't who do the same thing a fail? It's kind of like that finesse game, you know, when like when like a girl's allowed to finesse and shit, and like go go ahead and get your coins, sis. Right, right, stuff. right. But if you see a guy doing some shady stuff, it's just like oh he's a downbeat, he's a right, you know. And, and like it's kind of like both ways, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. double standards. Exactly. But I get that, you know. <clears throat> exactly. Like at the end of the day, like it's just all about consistency. That's that's all I'm saying. Like just be consistent with what your rhetoric is. Exactly. And then it even comes to a scenario where, like, if we're looking inside the black community, yeah, there are there's obviously there are gonna be people out there who are gonna get mad if Michael B. Jordan was dating a light skinned woman or yep. whatever the case may be, and like, oh, here he is dating some high yellow, you know, mm-hmm. light skinned yep. bitch, blah, 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 all that yep. stuff. And it's just like, but she's black. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing with, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but Kendrick Lamar got into a heap of trouble with this a few years ago when he was caught with, I'm not going to say caught, like he's walking with his light-skinned girl and he proposed to her and all that stuff. And this is a woman that he grew up with. Okay. When he had nothing, when he was like five foot five with ears out to here like a satellite dish. Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, exactly. Like she was with them from day one and he decided to put a ring on it like a few years ago and everyone got, not everyone, but a lot of people got mad, man. For what? Because she light skin? Yeah, that's it. They were Big man. I don't. I don't. I really don't understand that mindset. That mindset. I don't. I don't get it. And you know what it comes down to? It, it comes down to a sense of a, a self entitled sense of ownership. Fact. They feel as though because you're black, you're of the community, you're my property. You are my muse of 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 desire and what have you. Like mm. this. This is what. I you what you have I want in my man so I want you to like black women to appreciate black women whatever mm. and at the end of the day again as a man as a woman in the black community you have the freedom to date inside or outside your community and you don't have any ownership of who else decides to date outside the community it, it's that no man no black man has ownership of Serena Williams or Zoe Zaldana or whomever and no black woman has any ownership over Michael B Jordan or Chadwick Boseman. Or yeah. whatever the case may be, yeah. it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it does not work like that yeah. at all. So I, I really wish, you know, these people would just kind of just chill with it. Yeah, like, it's not that serious. Men and women, we all need to chill. You know, exactly, exactly. And I feel this wouldn't be an issue if these certain individuals weren't who they were. So if Michael B. Jordan was this big pop superstar right now that he is right now, off the yeah. strength of Creed and Black Panther, yeah. we wouldn't be talking about this. Because I never, I've never heard any woman talk about Michael B. Jordan the way they are right now. Facts. You know what I mean? Facts. If Kendrick Lamar was some ra- random underground rapper, would we care? We wouldn't care. No. Nah. Like, it's, it only gets to a certain point where they're at a certain point of, of, of fame and fortune that they get, ang- that some, 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 that some, some, 
get angry. That's some get angry. And I'll never understand why. I, I get that for real. I'll never understand ah. why. It's just one of those things, man. You know? Yeah. At this point, if I were Michael B. Jordan, I would stop explaining myself. You, you don't even need. To. He shouldn't even have he started in the first place. He's bro. They're, they're gonna they're gonna love him regardless. Exactly. You know what I mean. You're gonna so you're gonna see the Creed sequel. You're gonna see. You're, you're gonna Panther buy Black too. Panther on Blu-ray if you haven't done it already. Come on. Like, if you haven't already downloaded it through iTunes, or whatever, you're you're gonna buy it anyway. Whatever. You probably have a Killmonger poster on your wall. Come on. He's probably your your screensaver on your phone. Come on. Like it is what it is at this point. So exactly. I wish some of the, I wish some of these black women would just kind of relax off of it because it's not that some. serious. So, exactly. Yeah. Some. There you go. Right. And at the end of the day, like. As a whole, black men and women, we need to stop looking at black celebrity couples and, or their love lives in general and say that that's the standard that they want to live by. Thank you. Pop culture does not dictate your standard of living, nor should it ever at any at point all. in time. Pop culture is nothing more than somewhat of an escape from reality. That's and it's it. cool. We can talk about because that's what we're doing right now. That's it. But let's not internalize it. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it. The... the all this music and stuff, look, it's, it's part of what it is. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm only talking about music when it gets into, like, rappers talking about, I got a, all these hoes. But then right. he got a wife. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like right. everything is just is just thrown to you. And, like, right. it's just it's just kind of to feed your mind of that, exa- you know, anxious type shit. Right. But on, at, on the other side, bro, you just got to think for yourself. Man. You really do. Nothing, nothing is as it seems. Mm-hmm. Everything's calm. Just be happy. Exactly. Just be happy. And it gets a little weird when, you know... In some some scenarios, you'll see again some black women complain about you know how there's so many light skinned girls in the music video in the background of the music video, right? And then in the same token, if they see just pure white girls in the background of the music video, that's like oh they're taking our culture, yeah, but yeah. They're, they're just twerking, yeah. Like, yeah, but they're they're taking our culture. But if we're a black I woman don't. twerking, wouldn't it us be degrading black women in that regard? You know, if they're just twerking. So it's just like the hypocrisy and everything is crazy. Right. It's like, what do, you, like I mean? what do you want at that point? You yeah, know what I just, mean? It really hurts my head. I gotta stay off social media sometimes. Right. Like some, you know when you see something, you go in the comments. Yeah. And you see it, it's like, yeah, it's like oh, I'm done. I'm yeah. logging off. I'm yeah. logging off. <laughs> and me, unfortunately, because of what I do, I have to stay in tune with this yeah, stuff. Yeah. But it gives me a headache. You know what I yeah. mean? So a- again, like. At the end of the day, it's important not to internalize all this stuff. So Fact. I know there are black women out there who could care less about who Michael B. Jordan dates. So I'm not even talking about y'all. You guys already know I'm not talking about you guys. Like, you guys already know what it is. Someone else's truth does not have to be your truth. Oh, I like you feel that. Mm-hmm. Someone else's truth does not have to be your truth. It's, Very, just, it's just another, it's just someone else's idea of their truth. And they got so much love behind it. They'll, mm. You know, they're going to stick behind it, even if it doesn't make sense. So right. Just understand them, but you don't have to agree. Agree. Yeah. That's it. And everyone will believe their own narrative at the end of the day. Because at the exactly. end of the day, we are all the heroes of our own narrative. Exactly. Right. But nonetheless, what do you guys think about the story? Should Michael B. Jordan stop having to answer these questions? Um, should people just kind of get a grip on reality at this point? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Either way, hit me up on Twitter at CoolRadioCC and share your thoughts. And final topic of trip talk man we gotta talk about this man i gotta talk about lauren hill all right yeah now i have a beef with lauren hill all right yeah and this beef is basically in relation to the story that we are doing right now as among among other things okay but to kind of put the long story short lauren hill uh performed in toronto on wednesday night yep and she was late she was actually 90 minutes late and she didn't arrive on her set till about midnight. Oh. And did about forty or what, forty minutes worth of songs. And some of them were a bit disjointed because she kept us stopping midway through and kind of blaming her band for not 
you know, not getting certain songs right and what have you. Yeah. And then a lot of people just went home unhappy. They were angry. They were posting comments on Twitter saying, you know, this woman wasted my money and my time, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And when it comes to Lauren, this isn't the first time she's done this. She has done this numerous times. Like, she's actually known for this to the point where I'm actually surprised that people are still booking her <laughs> for shows and what have you. That's crazy. And whenever I hear people talk about Lauren Hill being the GOAT, I'm not. I'm sorry, but I'm not buying it. And I grew up in that era of Lauren Hill, so I'm just not buying it. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why is because of things like this where it's happened so consistently. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, hearing the story and hearing the gist of it, what's your take on it? First of all, I was gonna say that I was gonna buy a Lauren Hill ticket. Ooh, you dodged a bullet for me and my girl. We were finna go, but I'm I'm happy I didn't. Right. But you know, our artists should artists should be early to their sets. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand. If people are paying for you and they're, they're paying for all this, I'm not sure what the problem is for you to be on time. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's unprofessional, bro. It's Absolutely. Fun. And time is money. And, like, when you arrive late, you know, it, it's a slap in the face to your fans because they paid top dollar to come see you. Facts. And the fact that you still have people seeing you, even though it's been 20 years since you've released an album, mm-hmm. Like, that should make you want to work even more harder to, to show up for your fans, even if it's just for a little bit of a nostalgia trip. Facts. And the reason why she was probably having problems with her band and what have you is because you probably didn't even arrive early on time to, to do a practice or a run rehearsal. Facts. So it's like, I'm sure they're on key. You weren't. Yeah. And you probably would have been if you had shown up early. Yeah. See, this is why I can't call her the Queen Bee or, like, or like one of the goats in hip-hop because of the fact that you have only put out one solo album. You mm-hmm. put out two great uh, two great group projects with the Fugees, of course. Dope. And then you came out with one solo album, broke so many records, the first hip-hop album to ever be, uh, to ever uh, win a gra- uh, Grammy for an album of the year. Mm-hmm. You did so many seminal things, and that, that was just the start for you. Mm-hmm. But she peaked way too early. Fact. From that point on, she had ki- she had like five or six kids with the, with one of the Marleys, mm-hmm. and then she tried to do a little bit of reunion with the Fugees. That fell through because she didn't really have any commitment in it. She put out subpar music, but never actually put out an album, a little random single here and there, and then just kept on relying upon her nostalgia to get her shows and gigs and stuff like that. It was, it's quite clear, man. Her love isn't music right now. It's not. It mm-hmm. hasn't been for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, I don't know crazy. what happened, but if your love isn't in the music, if you're not going to do it 100%, don't do okay. it at all. No. You know what I mean? Like, if that's your only source of income, then you really have to be very meticulous about what you really want to do if that's the case. Facts. Like, if that's if you know that's your only source of income, then you got to work your ass off. You got to perform for these people. This is what you signed up for. You've been in the game for well over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, no one told you that anything else would be different. This is not a DeMar DeRozan situation. Yeah. <laughs> no one lied to you about this game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the fans deserve more. Facts. Um, and for me, like, she is somewhat of a cautionary tale of what could have been mm-hmm. and on not not only that but on top of that and i'm kind of going to a sports reference right now but she is pretty much the penny hard way of rap music <laughs> okay yeah, okay yeah, yeah yeah someone who had such an immense amount of talent someone who people were actually arguing as to whether or not he was better or the next coming of let's say michael jordan or even like a remix of Mac- magic johnson yeah but then they, he got derailed with injuries, and nothing was the same at that point. Mm. With Lauren Hill, when it comes to her injuries, so to speak, they were self-inflicted. Facts. She did it upon herself. Facts. And those are the bricks, Facts. all right? So for people who are looking to buy some Lauren Hill tickets in the future, you better watch out. Double, double check, you know? Because when it comes to you know showing up late for shows, she's about that thing 
That thing, that thing. Absolutely. But either way, what do you guys think about this Lauren Hill story? Do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? Either way, let me know. Hit me up. Share your thoughts and all that good stuff on social media. And now we've come to the end of the show. But before we get to the end of it, we got to get into the final topic of the show. And it goes a little something like this. <clears throat> Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. Now, this week's Wankster, it's very, it's very interesting, I'll say. Mm. Because this week's Wankster involves somebody who is not famous, yeah. which we like to usually do. Yeah. Um, but it also comes to somebody who is anonymous, because we don't know the name of this individual, because I guess they have chosen to withhold their identity. All right. So, social media, yeah. Black Twitter. Black Twitter. They're very creative, as we all know. Dope. Uh, so they gave this individual a name. Cool. So we will go by this name that they have bestowed upon thee. So, therefore, the Wankster of the Week goes to none other than an individual from Indiana who goes by the name, the Twitter name of uh, Flagrant Foul Freddy. Flagrant, what is it? Flagrant Foul Freddy. I'll let you say that. Bro. All right. I'll let you say that. A bit of a tongue twister. A bit of, the reason why we are giving Mr. Double uh, F Freddy the Wankster of the Week is because he is the latest person the latest Caucasian person, I may add, to call the police on a black citizen for just living life. Now, in this scenario, this one was by far the most unique, and I didn't think it could get further than this point. It's ironic because I was actually talking about these cases on the previous episode. But the reason why we're giving him the wanks of the week is because of the fact that not only did he call the police on a black individual who did nothing wrong, but he did it, and the reason why he did was because of the fact that during a basketball game that they're playing in L.A. Fitness, <laughs> he claimed uh, that the black individual fouled uh, him <laughs> too hard. Oh, I saw that. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No! No! Listen. No! <laughs> that one no! I saw. Listen. <laughs> listen. 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 I'm laughing right now on the inside because we always hear the debates in the NBA that in today's game it's soft and there's not and like any, anyone cries over a foul they flop etc cetera, etc cetera, <laughs> and how none of these players would survive in the 80s and the 90s because they were fouling way much harder in in in, in that era and yeah. how it was a man's game back then. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but if he was in the NBA <laughs> during the 80s and the 90s. Yo, he'd call the FBI. Go. Never mind the police. All right? So let me get back to the story right here. So when he called the police, mm. he actually got one of the uh, receptionists of LA Fitness to call the police. Mm. And when she called the police, she actually said that uh, there's actually been an assault mm. in, in our facilities. <laughs> so the police came. They heard the story. And once they heard the story, they said... Listen, buddy, this is not worth our time. We're going to leave. And so as they were leaving, one of the guys had his you know, camera phone out or whatever. He was like, oh, has anyone ever called the police on you for, for anything like this, for, for a foul? He's like, in all my years being a police officer, I've never heard the story before. Sir. And everyone starts laughing, right? Yeah. And then the joke was, when that was all said and done, they continued the game. Yeah. They, they continued the game like of basketball. Like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. Like you weren't calling the police on me just now. Yeah. So anyways, what I want to say is this. 
for some of the white people out there, I'm going to say some because <laughs> I know we have some allies out there and I appreciate y'all. Salute. Um, but for the ones who choose to be racist, the ones who choose to make America great again, um, <laughs> you guys are what's wrong with America. You I can't let it. us cut our grass in peace. You can't let us sell bottles of water in peace. Y'all can't let us have a barbecue in peace. You guys can't let us have a, have a nice dip in the pool in peace. What's and, going on? And, and now you want to take basketball away from us in peace? I'm sorry, man, but <laughs> when I first heard about the story, I thought it was a joke. I did, too. So I think this guy needs to call a foul on himself. Facts. He needs to call a foul on himself for not living life properly, mm-hmm. and he needs to eject himself out of the game of life. Now, I don't mean that in a violent way because I know how metaphors can get misconstrued, <laughs> but I'm just saying he should just exit himself from any and every type of conversation that's happening right now because clearly he doesn't know when and when not to call the police for certain situations, and that was definitely not one of them. Now, I would borderline call the police if I saw somebody cross up that dude's ankle so bad that, like, it had to stop the game or what have you. Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't come to that decision because I know how stupid of a decision that would be. Snapped his kneecaps. Right? You know? I mean, unless it's someone Tanya Hardy to him, then, yeah, sure, you go call the police. Exactly. But nonetheless... If I'm calling the police while I'm at the gym, it's because somebody stole my wallet. Facts. If I'm calling the police, it's because somebody stole something of me that has very high importance to me. If I call the police, it's because something very, very dangerous is happening at the facility. Mm. And none of the above happened. So with that being said, I'm giving flagrant foul fuckboy Freddy the wankster of the week. Do you deserve that wankster? Of course you do. And I'm going to drop it. Fuckboy Freddy. I like that. Just like this. Prince, your take on this, man. That dude's crazy. I've never seen anything like that. I thought it was a skit. I, I really thought it was I a skit. Was too. Bro, that 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 was that was crazy when <laughs> when he videotaped the cop too and the cop was laughing too. Like, bro, come on, man. That was stupid. Literally. That was stupid. Honestly and truly, when I was at I was working when I heard of this. Yeah. And my coworker was like, yeah, so there's a guy who got arrested. Or no, no, there's a guy who called the police on the dude. I'm like, before you continue, was it a white guy? Yes. Okay. Did he call the police on the black guy? Yes. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know. Not surprised. Okay. Mm -hmm. Continue. Yeah, he called the police on him because he fouled him too hard in the basketball game. I'm like, what? That's funny as hell, right? What? He's like, dude, there's video of it. Please show me the video. Please. Yes. I saw the video. I'm like, wow. It's come down to this. Yeah. I'm like, I should never be surprised by racism. I'm usually just surprised by what lengths they'll go through. Like, what creative ways are they being racist now? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, fucking foul in the, a basketball game, bro. That's crazy. I, I, like, I thought I thought the worst one so far was the... Um, the coupon, yes, right? Yes, yeah, you yes, know what? Yes, yes, yes. That was, was crazy. I was going to say that. What? Wait, yo, the way that was family shaking when he gets called the police. I thought Listen, that was the that was the funniest one. That was the funniest one. Like this guy was shaking like he had Parkinson's or something Stupid like that. Stupid funny though. Oh my god. And the funniest thing about that is the fact that as they did some more research on the guy, mm. they found out that he was a Trump supporter and that oh. um that he was caught, I think he was arrested for forging signatures, like important like legal documents or something like that. <laughs> so I'm just like, wow, you're gonna call the police because a woman's using um, an alleged expired coupon the for like hypocrisy, what? For man. like eighteen bucks? Like, yeah. yo, just let her have the damn yeah. whatever she's trying to have. Like, it's eighteen bucks. Facts. It's not that big a deal. Facts. Oh god. Anyways, we gotta bring tonight's uh, show to a close. So. 
Prince, I want to thank you for coming through, man. Uh, where can the people find you on social media? You can find me at, on Instagram, Prince Mark of the Six, the T-H-A. Right. I want to give a quick shout out yes. to the VTD members, Ozo Dice, Ace, Solo Shines, hey. and definitely go pick up more clothing at IamVintage.com, two eyes. Hey, that's what's up, that's what's up. And August 15th is when uh, Logos comes out? Logos EP drops August 15th on all platforms, Tidal, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, everything that's what's up that's what's up um yeah prince rock man thank you for coming through yeah man wakanda forever you already know oh wakanda forever yeah absolutely uh-huh yeah <laughs> and uh, you know what uh there's an open door policy here at cool radio so please come by whenever you feel like it and we'll make it happen oh uh and as you guys already know um we will be back on the air next week we may have a guest on uh, next week's show so i will guys i will keep you guys informed on that and beyond that you guys already know what the deal is cool radio is a division of cool click media reminding each and every one that you that we, pardon me, are creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Vintage. Peace. Cool.